Hey, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Project 40 podcast. I'm with my longtime, one of my first astrologers, actually. Um, and we'll talk about that in a minute. But uh, astrological consultant and owner of the Mayflower Bookshop, like one of the first and most powerful metaphysical bookstores in the United States, I think. Mm-hmm. One of the long, long standing through fires, through, I mean, talk about a plutonic bookstore it's gone through everything come back stronger each time i've watched you go through so many reincarnations of well i have jupiter i have jupiter trying pluto in my chart no wonder i think that that helps a little bit charles jane charles jane the new york and washington dc astrologer and stock market and politics he thought that my Jupiter and Sagittarius, which aspects everything in my chart, was trining Pluto. And he said, you know, I think you, I think you figured out a lot of problems that people are working on. You figured it out last life. And so you don't, you don't really have these problems that normal people have, you know. And I, I think that's that might be true when I look at my life. I I don't seem troubled by things that trouble other people. Mm. I'm troubled by yeah, you I'm, I'm troubled by like how do you make the garden grow better and how do you make the friends better and how do you help the world to be a little bit better you know those those kind of idealistic things and so the whole spiritual game for me is incarnating the ideal and the dream into the everyday life and so that brought me on um, a vast pilgrimage not only astrology but you know in the beginning i used to go on the radio and talk about krishnamurti and vegetarianism and yoga and I wasn't even an astrologer. I was doing the radio because it was so weird Uh-oh. to have somebody that could talk about that for the people. Tell around. us about Krishnamurti. What did you learn? Um, well, Krishnamurti, again, this is a very complicated story of the early days of the Theosophical Society after H.P. Blavatsky died. Rudolf Steiner called Blavatsky uh, a world event. And that she wrote the secret doctrine in the voice of the silence and the Isis unveiled and the key to theosophy. She wrote a pack, a stack of books is almost as tall as I am when you're laying down and um, Gandhi read her and Martin Luther King read her for new ways of making peace and Einstein's daughter showed me letters of how mm-hmm. Einstein read the secret doctrine which the principle was that the that there's some kind of causeless, cause, rootless root that starts everything of beginningless and endless time or mm. beyond, beyond and in time. But then what happens is then, then comes um, a thrust for the play of the universe and uh, a play of opposites like the sun and moon or spirit and matter or light and dark of, of this and that. And then comes mm-hmm. a harmonizer, a third stage that's trying to harmonize polarity. So I'm getting a little bit lost, but theosophy was was kind of like a, a big step for me. Krishnamurti is the ultimate using the mind to undo the mind. Yeah. I mean, he'll explain how thinking is part of time and anything that wants to begin has to end and so thus thinking in the head is fearful. I mean, from Rudolf Steiner's point of view, you'd say that we have a nervous system and that the head, by even looking at me and listening to me, you're, you're experiencing an opposite or a separation. And yeah. so in, in this way, the, the bigger the desire, the bigger the confession that you're not one with that. You're not at one. The Neoplatonists would talk about not atonement, but at one mm-hmm. spelled the same way. So we, you know, the, the church, the authority of the church around 450 AD to 1400, where they didn't let anybody read uh, in Europe. And, and, and the mass was in Latin and they would read, they would read the Bible of thousands of manuscripts in, in Latin and they would tell you what it meant and they would change them up all the time. So until the King James version of the Bible in 1600s, um, we didn't have a, a, a democratization of information. We didn't have a, a way to go direct to God or direct to truth or love. <clears throat> and yeah. we may still not have a direct way. And so, so Krishnamurti is like an intellectual, uh, amazing way to truth, you know, but truth is very hard to understand because truth has something to do with being radically selfless so we can see everything going on. 
<laughs> and so yes. Krishnamurti is kind of like this intellect that shows you the problems of the intellect and you, how you have to drop it. You know, you look at uh, certain India gurus and spiritual teachers and religious teachers everywhere in the world, and you see uh, this attempt to uh, find oneness or love or some higher truth. Um, some ways are the way of devotion and love. If you love anything, I mean, I think that if you really see a person, any person, and you get to understand them, especially if you can see their many lifetimes, but even if you just see this mm -hmm. lifetime, just this lifetime, and you see what they suffer and how they strive and struggle to free themselves from separation and suffering. In ancient India, the only sin was to act out of separateness. I and this that. is the cause, this is the cause of all evil. This is the cause of when I when I say evil, of course, there is no evil in my mind outside of ignorance and delusion and acting out of separateness. So we don't, it's not really evil. We'd say that when you see the suffering that comes without giving us growth, you could suffer um, a medical procedure and grow and learn and be better than ever, maybe. Mm -hmm. So, but the suffering that happens where we don't grow and we just suffer like animals and we don't understand it. And why did they do that to me? And we don't see past lifetimes and future lifetimes. And we don't see that the suffering that we have is the labor pain of a higher birth. We don't see that what we suffer. I love that. Say that again. I don't the, want anyone to miss what that. What we suffer is the, I mean, the whole, the Holy spirit of the world wants to never you, you should never repeat anything twice. We have to say it in a new way now. The, okay. the bird, because right when I said it before, I could hear the birds singing outside and it, oh. it, stopped, and it, it, it went away and the light is slightly oh. as, as the sun rises. So, so the song has changed. Wow. <laughs> the, originally, yeah. the original singers would never sing the same song. Wow. So beautiful. Mm. Um, <clears throat> so I'm talking the labor. about. Yeah, the labor pain for higher birth. Everything's trying to give birth. Like um, love and truth are trying to be married in our heart. I mean, part of it, we could say that one way to enlightenment or happiness that lasts, the true causes, are to birth through the great father and mother. And the great father and mother are basically this experience of truth and love. That, that the great father and mother have given us by birthright access mm -hmm. to truth and love. And <clears throat> and this births our higher consciousness out of the womb of our heart. Mm. And so one might ask, and what is truth? And when Pontius Pilate asked Jesus in that tradition of Christianity, there's all these different traditions, Jesus doesn't answer. He, you know, he just falls silent. He says, "In what?" Because he said, "Who are you?" And he said, "I'm the way, the life, and the truth." Mm -hmm. Now we can put that in Buddhist terms or Buddha Dharma Sangha. I'm, I'm, mm -hmm. I'm wisdom and compassion, as these two, the wings of the heart, as the mother and father principle. But I'm using kind of this all American way right now. Is like love and truth, you know, I'm after love. A lot of people go, well, I just want to love, you know, and other people are on a quest for truth and they think that truth is facts. So they'll tell you yeah. something about astrophysics or something or science, or, you know, they have these facts of, they think they have facts of religion. Yeah. On a, in a um, transcendental view there is no enlightenment unless you prove it by the way you live. There's no God unless you prove it by the way you live. There's no, mm -hmm. you know, when you say, what is the truth? <clears throat> I think there's a certain kind of wisdom that can come from the fact that you can say, I've been here for like 40 years living this way, you know, or I've been here for 70 years living this way. And I, you know, you, you, as you get older, your experience becomes kind of a wisdom that resembles truth. I think that we can mirror love and truth. Mirror. Yes. Mirror. We can, uh, a mirror, we can like, um, 
we can at, at first we have to find something that we can mirror and hold and share and nourish ourselves with for the journey and educate ourselves and edify ourselves. Um, but enlightenment is where we don't just mirror, we learn through the truth of radical stillness that can embrace all life to learn. That's the beginning. Like you say, well, I may not be able to tell you the truth that is really your truth for enlightenment, but I can yeah. tell you, be still and know, be still and know that I, be still and know that I am mm. God. Now that's what's in the that's, old. That's that's in the old and New Testament. Be still and know that I am God. So there's a meditation that you can say, yeah. "Be still and know that I am God." And God, of course, is a Neoplatonic term. It's my theory that the that the authorities of the church created the word God. That before that, mm -hmm. it was deity, deity, a deity. Mm -hmm. So that the Egyptian Book of the Dead, the coming forth by day, coming mm. forth by deity. But the deity once, of the, the deity that rules the day, like the planet that rules the day. No, like the sense of the Father, Son, Holy Ghost, or Brahma, Vishnu, Shiva. There's different ways of saying it. Yeah. When you yeah. say the, the Father principle, we're talking about primordial darkness and oneness. Ah. Oh. And so there's no separation. There's no. There's non-dual. In our spirit, there's no separation. You are me. I am you, and you are me, and we are all together as one. At one, at one yeah. minute, you know, platonic. Yeah. But when the father wants from the oneness, the primordial darkness, because for all one, it's like primordial darkness. Mm -hmm. And we can, through meditation and, and closing our eyes and closing our senses off, we can like find a primordial word or darkness. The darkness is the at one minute of the father. But when the father wants to come to light, the sun comes, the day comes, the deity comes. Now I can see you. Uh -huh. I can see the thinking in all things. Uh -huh. I can, whatever I look at, I can see the thinking in all things because daylight is here. I have a mind. This, this is coupled together with the Prometheus myth that Prometheus steals the fire of the gods and gives it to humanity, the ancient Greek myth. And that Prometheus feels sorry for humanity that suffers out of ignorance and delusion and they don't even know why they suffer. So he gets the fire of heaven <clears throat> Of the day of, of the only begotten yeah. son of God is the universal mind. The Hermes, the Christos of the Greeks. Um, the, it's the. Um, he steals it, but then he gets tortured nightly by his liver getting eaten by vultures. <clears throat> such a powerful symbol. <clears throat> the reason that happened. <clears throat> it's a metaphor and metaphysical symbol. Prometheus gets the fire and gives it to humanity so that we all have uh, <clears throat> a mind stream continuum out of our heart. Mm. And <clears throat> we're like born of everything and nothing and truth and love. And so Zeus can't kill humanity. Zeus was worried that humanity was going to be so bad that they were going to wreck not only earth, they were going to wreck heaven. And it might affect the gods and the titans. And so Zeus said, that's it. I got these titans and they're bad guys sometimes, but they're working for me. And I can interrupt them anytime I want when I put my mind on it. And like Vishnu or something, they, they know everything that's going on. And, and so Zeus says, I can't believe you, you made humanity immortal and I can't kill them. I'm going to punish you. So he ties, he ties him to a rock. And every, every day, like um, he has to be born again because of, um, a, a dark raven or something pecks out his liver. And so this is symbolic of us being angels that have incarnated. Each one of us is like a Promethean, a fallen angel. And that, mm -hmm. that angel lives in our heart. And the only access we have <clears throat> is this rebirth every morning by yes. waking every minute. Like we can at any minute, even now I can take a breath and I can imagine that I'm breathing into my stillness and my love for everything, my love for myself that I'm sharing. And when I say my love for myself, I mean that, um, that I'm a participant with the universe. I'm a child of the universe. And so <clears throat> we can all access this. And then, and then of course we, we can be really beautiful children of God, but then we wanna be an adult. And so then all of a sudden, 
we want to learn medicine and herbology and right ways of eating and ways that we can help other people. We might want to learn about computers so that we can talk so far away to each other as if we're here in the room together. Because, you know, if we were telepathic really well, we wouldn't have to do this computer thing, but we're not. Right. right. And, and so but, but there are certain people that we are telepathic. To. There's certain people that yeah. just go, oh, wait a minute, I'm talking to you, but I know something's up with somebody, you know, good or bad, you know. And yeah. so we become adult participants in <clears throat> getting work done and divine work and unfolding this package of unlimited light and unlimited love. You know, it just depends on our capacity. So we have to train ourselves to be a vehicle for the divine purposes. And um, eventually we just go home into a radical uh, stillness and love and light, you know, and then we'll reincarnate later as we're needed. It, we could say it's a divine play and then it's all like foolish Leela. And it's a divine play. Right, the Leela. You could say that it's a divine play, but we could also say that that there's several levels. And and a lot of times, if we're just honest about it, there's lower levels where we just have to go to the bathroom and clean our house and we have to eat and we have to cost certain people and pay bills. And, you know, and that we're, we're kind of forced to be interactive because there's some part that we participate of, out of karma that we're separated. And so that separation always causes suffering and we can bridge it with our higher bodies and consciousness levels. Yeah, and Robert, I just wanted to go back before we get too far away from the Promethean myth because I think it might be a nice segue for something we wanted to talk about today with, since it is Mars Day after all, <laughs> the day of Mars and Mars is about to shift signs and the, the whole liver aspect of that metaphor I think is so interesting about how it's like, every day we have to deal with the anger. Like we can't avoid the anger stored in the liver. Like it's, it's you know, it's part of the alchemy, like Saturn, the crow, right? <clears throat> eating the, eating, like getting to the, the root of the anger. Like every day we have to keep confronting that, which keeps us from that purification that you were talking about, that, that oneness, I guess, and all that stuff stored in our liver that we have to every day, and, and everything that goes on in the liver, it's such a powerful, powerful Mars kind of, I, think it's called, I don't know, con conversation. It's I, think because it's like, this. I think that the livers, some people think it's ruled by Jupiter and that gallbladder is mm. Mars. You have a lot mm. of gall like that, you know? True. Well, they're connected anyway, the gallbladder and the liver. And they, the liver is what like really incarnates us. And it's very, in a way, dealing with material world in a way. The kidney mm. too, I mean, in a sense of uh, purification. I think that Mars anger, when the liver is, um, there's no doubt though that in oriental medicine and macrobiotics, the liver is associated with Mars and anger for, uh, in that level. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. anger is, it can come from uh, toxification that the liver is so toxic that you, you're just fighting yourself and then you start fighting anybody that comes around you. But anger itself is a confession that you're impotent and uncreative about transforming something. And so that, mm -hmm. because when you, when you think about anger, you're thinking there would be no anger if there's nobody to receive it. And I'm mm -hmm. nobody. <laughs> so the emptiness yeah. makes me nobody. So mm -hmm. I'm not taking it personally if I get if somebody gets angry at me. And <clears throat> but when you're when I'm angry, when I feel angry, I'm forcing a person to see some point I'm trying to make. I'm forcing a person to behave or do something that or see what I'm saying. I'm I'm taking away the very freedom that I want, and I'm forcing because I'm not creative enough and spiritual enough and smart enough to transform the garden before me. Enlighten mm -hmm. them. I can't enlighten them, so I'm going to force them to do my bidding, like some kind of little tyrant magician. Mm -hmm. Anger is a tyrant magician. First yeah. of all, it's not real, so that is a magician doing tricks. <laughs> And, well, Alma says we should wear the mask of anger. She says we should wear the mask of anger, not actually let it become a possession or take over the personality. Like, you know, I think that's an interesting idea. Like but to the mask of it, like the way the mother wears it to scold the child, but you don't identify with it. Uh, well, well, in the ancient Greek tradition of, of um, the gods, 
which in Tibetan Buddhism and, and Neoplatonism, the gods were the virtues or the non-virtues. And so in that tradition, anger has this purpose. Like you think of Alexander the Great conquers all the known world, but he's planting Greek philosophy of the mystery schools and Plato and Pythagoras and ancient India. He went there and got their books and everywhere he went, he put these books that were later discovered in the 600s <clears throat> by the Oriental or the Orient of the Arab stream. And, <clears throat> and then all the science we have now in the alchemy is from this Aristotelian and Platonic and ancient Egypt that they got it from ancient Egypt. Plato and Pythagoras mm -hmm. admitted they got it from ancient Egypt, which got it from mm -hmm. Atlantis before that. So, <clears throat> but back to anger, anger is uh, <clears throat> kind of like a, if you, if you see how anger, when you wear the face of anger, like you're saying, and the way the Greeks thought of it is that if things are so bad that there are times in history where things happen to the whole world collectively. And um, like uh, some tyrant might take over the world or some person who's <clears throat> <clears throat> anger at a higher level changes history. Mm. And, but there's no such thing as causing suffering that doesn't bring karma. So then, so then these, these hurtful world wars, uh, you know, Attila the Huns and massacres of Stalin and Hitler and um, <clears throat> and mm -hmm. more throughout all history. The, the, the loss of this sun oracle uh, the, this, um, in ancient Atlantis and <clears throat> the mixing of human beings with animals in Atlantis brought a quick conclusion to Atlantis after Atlantis was there for a long time. And so uh, Rudolf Steiner points out in his apocalyptic lectures the danger of mixing human beings with animals and machines now. And I just saw in the news yesterday um, how they're using police dogs that are uh, robots. And mm. <clears throat> there was a claim that it's racist because they're using them in <clears throat> poor parts of major cities in America oh. where there's more black than white. And so they're, they're questioning, is this racist? And and weirdly enough, the dog is black, you know, metal, you know, it's like weird. <laughs> and, and so so we have problems, so many problems. And, yeah. and roboton consciousness and artificial intelligence and constant perpetual wars that take place to make profit for corporations. I mean, the problems are so immense. And if we were to get into any of those problems, we would spend days and hours and months and years on conspiracy theories. And yeah. we, and so people get cheated out of their, with their pursuit of money and conspiracy theories and controlling their lover and, and the, their anger at the way the world is. And they, they never meditate and they never find uh, a happiness and joy that could illuminate. Cause we're not gonna be here that long. And, and even if you live to be a hundred, yes. it seems kind of short. And so how can we teach happiness, you know? Are you just appeared on me. I can't see you anymore. But oh, I'm still here. My power just went out. Hang on. As long as you can it's see happening. me, it's okay. well, it'll, it'll come back on. But keep going. So <laughs> I'm still here. <clears throat> okay. <laughs> so the light I'm, will come back I'm on. Still waking up. It's very early here. There we go. Oh. <clears throat> Thank you for getting up early. By the way, I really appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, a lot of times I read late at night because it's so quiet, you know. And, yeah. Um. So that's so a great nice. time read or meditate or study and yeah. I've been I'm always studying um, Tibetan Buddhism and Rudolf Steiner and ancient the Upanishads you know uh, ancient mm. and um, Theosophy and Manly Hall great books and great taste <laughs> yeah secret teachings of our ages and Osho who yeah Osho is like amazing there's an He's article, controversial now, though. <laughs> there, there, there's an article in the LA Times that um, says that Osho's a, a cult and that's dangerous to American society. And the Osho people are freaking out. They're just like, don't know what to think. And 
uh, the Dalai Lama had said that Osho was totally enlightened because he could deliver in a language that you could get. I mean, I think that each of us should be Prometheans and we should steal the spiritual truths and love from every religion and every science in every philosophy and that we should apply it to the suffering. Like at one level, on 101 level, I can learn spiritual things and I can go to heaven, screw you. I don't have to be, mm. I don't have to talk to you, I'm in heaven. And, and you got your little supply of drugs or food or medicines or um, the medical <laughs> profession, of course, are the huge drug dealers with opiates, yeah. painkillers. And, yeah. and so people are drugged out, everybody's on something or they're on coffee, yeah. it's so much, it's killing them. Everybody's on something. And so our job is to be Prometheans and to just let life come to us and whatever comes to us. And we can try to make, <clears throat> we have to have a little rejuvenation center, even if it's a little box we sleep in every night or the backseat of a car. Mm -hmm. It's mm -hmm. good to have something that's safe. You know, uh, Aristotle and Plato thought that every person should have protection and guardianship and a home and food and somebody who's playing the mom and dad role and we should get a good education. And that when you're an adult, a young adult, to a degree that you can give something to better society, you get more. You don't just get to be a billionaire. You don't get to inherit money. Ben Franklin yeah. never wanted inheritance thing to happen. Yeah. You know, maybe a little tiny bit of money, but not these billions and millions of dollars so that you're an idiot that gets all these billions of dollars. And, and what do you buy? You buy pornography. You know, we live in pictures of people rather than real people. Like at least your mm -hmm. picture on my screen, but you're really there. But maybe there's computers mm -hmm. that can fool me and you're a computer that's responding to me, you know. So still, yeah. I have to be still in my stillness within and I have to digest my experience. A lot of people have health yeah. problems because they can't digest their experience. Yeah, you have that's, have that's like, a good point. They can't digest their experience. So then that. Yeah. And so you, you, can't just live, you can't just live on Mars alone. <laughs> Man does not <laughs> live on Mars alone. And uh, <clears throat> so all the planets are different virtues. Mars, Mars can be anger, but it can also be courage and um, yeah. bravado and heroes. And when Mars is in Taurus, you're, you're trying to fight for security. And can I get a little more money and, 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 I, and my health and my stability? Because Taurus wants something st stable that we could hug every day and not run away. And then yeah. Mars goes into Gemini and you have like this uh, instinctive impulse, uh, this little go-kart energy, uh, the little <laughs> energy inside of you. Like you get excited like this and you want to learn more things that you want to diversify. Maybe I should put my, my money everywhere. You know, I should put my energy into a lot of things. In nature, yeah. in nature, Aries, has that kind of like you're hanging on to the plow that's that's a point at the bottom cutting through the earth or the little seed gets planted and, and then it sprouts up. All the all plants when they first grow bifurcate, they call it bifurcation. Yeah. Two leaves. And then yeah. there are more leaves, you know. And so so then it goes into Taurus and and it's deeply rooted and things are starting to grow. And then the sun goes into uh, Gemini in in most intermediate temperate zones and the sun goes in gemini and all the little things are growing diverse and vast and reaching out and little seeds fly through the air from plants and you know and then it goes into cancer and fills with water the plants fill with water and you can see like oh my god look at that they're growing the raspberry everything's getting water and nourishing and taking form so it can shine with unique that's that's an acorn squash that's like berries when the water sign of cancer and the sun goes into cancer, you know, and when it goes into Leo, it's really, we get to choose all these different things. You know, everything's got a unique individuality, the food and taste. Yeah. And then Virgo, we're, we're separating the corn from the stalk and di discriminating what we can eat and what we shouldn't eat. And that really, you shouldn't eat that. That's poisonous berry. That's not a real, that we get that discrimination, mm -hmm. you know? And so, so there's, you can follow the cycle of the year yeah, and then and you can follow like the new moon full moon cycle on all the planets. Mm. Like the, the faster moving planet will conjunct the slower moving planet, and and then go on into like to an opposition, which is like the sun and moon opposing the full moon experience. All oppositions are like a confrontation of light and dark, and and who's going to shine, you know? And are you at nighttime or daytime? Who's going to win, you know? Are, are you in the speaking, light? Yeah, go ahead. I was just speaking kidding, of which. Talk. What do you think of this? This last, sorry to interrupt. Speaking of which, what do you think of the last Virgo full moon? Because we're kind of just coming off of that 
moving into uh, this Pisces <coughs> new moon. Well, <clears throat> I've been, let me look at the chart. I've been more constant. Mm -hmm. My predictions have been um, the Jupiter-Saturn conjunction on the solstice would be the end of the COVID virus, whether we had a vaccine or not. That's one of my predictions. I may have said it last time. We yeah. Talked. And, yep. um, <clears throat> and, and so it's taken a couple months. I mean, I, astrology isn't always, especially with Saturn, it's a delay of yeah, time. slow. And and Pluto is like that but too. But it's happening. And Uranus yeah. can sometimes come early. And Neptune, we're not even sure if it happened for sure. It happens. Yeah. Some <laughs> and <clears throat> so the, I think that the virus yeah. in a lot of places they say it's leaving, and everybody's afraid it's going to mutate and there'll be a new form of it. And and I know that um, <clears throat> all the people at the top of the Democratic Party in America, like uh, <clears throat> the vice president and the heads of the Senate and Congress, and even Biden, they have these difficult aspects in March that we're in. And so to mm -hmm. me, I'm always looking at these bigger pictures. And I think that we, we could have like a real challenge to the stock market, or we might, we may have another COVID backfire. Um, but and on the, on the spring equinox, and, and uh, somebody told me that Jupiter is on the um, ascending sign of the Washington DC chart. I think it was a wonderful astrologer, Ray Merriman, who studies a lot of stock market. And I had seen it, but it went by me kind of fast. And he thought it might be an indicator, but I have a lot of other indicators using the United States chart for like happiness. I think that in April and in March, I think this summer is going to be one of the better fun years and opportunities for growth and prosperity and happiness and friendships. And we'll be happy to hear that. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> because I know that the, the sperm count is Jupiter will be in Pisces. Jupiter will be in Pisces, May, June, and July at least. Yeah, yeah. And um, I think that let me see, I was going to answer your question more directly. Just give him some food more. The Virgo, the Virgo full moon is people being critical and upset and angry and having to watch their intestines and have to um Sorry, I had to feed my crow. Speaking of Prometheus, <laughs> instead of him eating my liver, he eats my chapati. All right. <laughs> so, that's good. I got to get my food delivered. So the, the Virgo <laughs> full moon is like where people are more critical. I mean, the Virgo full moon is like the sun in Pisces and is an opposite sign. And so the, the sun in Pisces is in where, and again, it's always different in different Dane Rudger used to talk about how certain aspects were completely different in different times in history and culture and that astrology mm. evolutionary thing. You know, David Spangler, a friend of mine from the past, you know, from Finhorn Gardens, oh, he, also, <laughs> he, he also like um, mentioned yeah. how astrology is a progressive thing. And so, so they, they yeah. can mean, things can mean different things. But when the sun's in Pisces here in Michigan, in the United States, um, it, it, all of a sudden it's warmer and it's in the forties and it was like, you know, it was like below zero just a, a week or two ago. Yeah. And, and so the, the around the full moon time, you know, of that Pisces Virgo, it really kicks in, you know, and you're not sure like Virgo's like Virgo, the Virgin and frigid and cold, and you can't have a hug. And, and I have stomach problems somehow because I didn't digest my experience and my emotions are bothering <laughs> me, but I'm not in touch with them. And, you know, you're critical and, <clears throat> it's not constructive worrying criticism. everybody's worrying and critical of themselves it's not it's yeah. not constructive criticism you know and so the yeah. spiritual warrior of shambhala in the tibetan tradition and in most of the spiritual warrior traditions of india you 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 fight your own non-virtue you fight your fear you're fighting your anger you're fighting your impatience you're at war with that you know you're not at war with another person and that, and that you always blame yourself, you know. Uh, Trungpa said, boil all your troubles into one, self-cherishing. So <clears throat> I think that this is why people teach selflessness and emptiness um, or total devotion to the ideal of the spirit where we're at one meant, yeah. at one. Because, because then you're not as bothered by so much, you know. But you can see, even though you go to the darshan, or you go to the temple, or you go to the shrine, or you go to the church, or you go to the guru, or you go to the spiritual mm -hmm. teacher, you go to the higher self, you go to the at-one-ment. We, we go there, we're practicing hanging on to the oneness so that when we separate, 
and go to mm -hmm. the river to wash our clothes, we can handle getting robbed of our purse or whatever, you know? Yeah, that's right. <clears throat> so there's like a weaving. Um, Odysseus is coming home and after trials and tribulations, like Ulysses, maybe, maybe seven, uh, corresponding to the sacred planets, maybe there's 12, I think there might be 12. They correspond to the spiritualization of the nervous system through the 12 signs of the zodiac and the light that comes in mm -hmm. that gives us our thinking, that the stars give us our thinking and our animation of the form, you know? And um, <clears throat> I love that. He, comes, he comes home and he meets Athena and um, uh, he comes home to, to the final initiation and Penelope was weaving and unweaving. All these different suitors were trying to marry his wife, Odysseus's wife at home in Greece. And they demanded that Odysseus was dead and that, that she should marry one of them. And, they, mm -hmm. and she said, no, he's going to come. He's going to return. You know? And they said, no, it's been really long. You have to marry one of us. It's not fair. And they mm -hmm. wanted to inherit all of his property and everything and become this important person married to Penelope, this goddess. And, and so you could say that it's our pilgrim soul wanting to go home and marry our Sophia wisdom, the Holy Mother, mm -hmm. marry the, the love of the universe. And, and mm -hmm. every, every day she says, I'll marry one of you when I finish the wedding garment. I'm, I'm weaving the wedding garment, the weaving of spirit and matter, the wedding garment of the soul. She's weaving the mm -hmm. wedding garment. And so she's done, she'll marry one of them. They're all impatient waiting for her. To, so every day they see her weaving the wedding garment. Every night she unweaves it. <laughs> There's this, this is a continuous theme in all these myths about like, and I think this is helpful for people that are like, why am I repeating this experience? Why do I have to keep going through the same thing every day? It's another struggle, but all the myths show us that whether it's Sisyphus, you know, <clears throat> pushing the rock up the hill or Prometheus having his liver eaten out every single day by the vultures and having to be reborn every day, you know, or the weaving and unweaving. Right, in this particular, that, that's right. I think that helps us. We weave with the world, but we lose our spirit. So we have to go to sleep and go back into spirit. We have to go to sleep mm. and we do it unconsciously. We go into the higher levels of con our ego and astral body, leave the physical and etheric body every night. And every night we have a vast spiritual experience of our many, the thread of our many golden lifetime of experiences. We get just the gold of it. And every night when we go to sleep or we meditate, we can see our higher self. But we can't remember because we haven't um, evolved in our etheric body so we can remember what we experienced in sleep. So when we wake up, Dane Ruger, I remember him telling me, um, <clears throat> he was like 11 days in my house at one point and, he was, and I set him up with lectures. And at one of the breakfast times, he was telling me how you wake up and it's like the ocean of spirit washes us at night and we go into the big ocean of life and then when we wake up the ocean goes away and all we remember in dreams are the things the ocean left on the shore sometimes they're, oh, I they're love weird, that. weird objects and stuff you know scary little creatures and sometimes they're beautiful gemstones or something you know and wow. <clears throat> so odysseus gets home odysseus gets home <clears throat> and athena says athena says uh, look I'm Athena, and um, you can't just walk in there like that. Mm -hmm. They'll kill you. Like, they don't want Jesus to come back. They don't want Buddha to come back. They don't really <laughs> want uh, the Holy Mother at the White House to take over. Mm -mm. So he comes <laughs> back, and all these false suitors are there. And she says, I have to disguise you. I'm going to make you look like this old, ugly guy. And he goes, well, how will my <laughs> wife, how will Penelope know it's me? If she truly loves you, she'll recognize you in any form. Whoa. Okay. We wow, can that's the, so the beautiful. Any form. And he goes, wait a minute. Where have you been? Do you know what I went through? I went through all these trials and Neptune was storming the ocean and I almost died in Circe and I was under a spell. My men were turned into animals and I was drugged and making love and I was, I was high all the time <laughs> making love. And he went through all these things. One eye guy that's in a cave you know and he goes through all these like trials and tribulations that are symbolic of the struggles we go through day to day see and so he says where were you yeah. why are you here now where were you before and she says 
you didn't recognize me. I was this person. I was that person. I was this and that that happened to you that saved you. I was the one that helped you in in the form of either an animal or a little imp or uh, I came all these times. I was there all the time. You didn't see me. So we don't see our higher self and our spiritual. um, We don't see our daemon like in ancient uh, Greece times. The Holy Guardian Angel was the daemon that would like sometimes, mm-hmm. sometimes push you. I mean, the Catholic Church made it into demon and the devil T was the devil. You whisper, you know, they changed all these words, you know, and that one minute now is atonement. And, that you have yeah. to, and they, they create original sin where there was original blessing before. I mean, there's a problem going on around here. And so he says, where have you been, Athena? Yeah. And she said, I was there all along. And then she said, and she says, but we're going to go in there. Here's the plan. And so he goes in. And he's hired as a kitchen helper. And so, and so his wife recognizes mm-hmm. him and they know what's up and the, you know, she intuits it. And the son knows it's him and he's, part, and he's part of the plan. So the son says, the son says, okay, it's time for her to get married. Whoever can get Odysseus's bow and arrow, whoever can string the bow and <laughs> shoot the arrow through this amazing complicated labyrinth of stuff. And you, 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 you shoot your whole life force in your mind and your heart toward one aim of getting enlightenment. And, and you hit the apple, you know, the golden apple or whatever, red turns to gold, the red desire turns to gold. And, and, mm-hmm. and so then that, that, so then they say, whoever can string the bow and do this, can marry Penelope. So everybody tries and they can't do it. They can't even string the bowl, let alone shoot it. And, um, and so then the, the son says, let's let the old man do it. And they go, no, he can't do it. He's an old man. He couldn't even pick the thing up for God's sake. You know, one of <laughs> us have to marry her. They go, let the old man do it. It'd be fun entertainment. And so, so they decided to go let the old man. And then other people go, don't let him do it. And so he picks up the bowl strings it and shoots the arrow exactly where he should. And then he shoots all these arrows and kills all the suitors. (laughs) Now, up to this point, up to the point where, where you get to this violence in these myths. um, And there's a whole book on the evil demons of ancient India. I have a book. It's really scary because they don't interpret it like I am, you know? So the, the, but the, the thing, but I mean, the real demons that you see in Tibetan Buddhism and Hinduism, they work, they've worked to purify us of our bad karma. All the difficulties are the labor pains of a higher birth that we go through, that everything, everything we suffer is a, that's why people suffer a lot before they die. Like people be really healthy and right before they die, they, they have these sufferings to burn off their karma so they don't take it into the spiritual world. Mm-hmm. And again, you can read this kind of Americanized English version of this European English version uh, in From Death to Rebirth by Rudolf Steiner. But you can also read mm. it in the Tibetan Book of the Dead. Uh, mm-hmm. The Book of the Dead, your heart is weighed against a feather when you die. And if your heart's not lighter, my heart isn't, your thinking can be heavy. Oh my God, I can't believe all the things you're saying. And But the heart has to be lighter than the feather. And then you get to go to yeah. the spiritual worlds and live with the gods and all the other enlightened beings before you reincarnate. <laughs> so the secret of Odysseus killing all the because all the suitors are us every suitor trying to marry our purest part of our soul is a bad appetite and habit and that Mm -hmm. that's the addiction that's the anger the judge Mm -hmm. he's not really shooting people he's shooting his addiction to anger and and the attachments and and the envy and the lack of generosity, and the lack of concentration, yeah. and the lack of meditation, and the lack of enthusiasm. That's what he's shooting. Wow, I love that. And then they <clears throat> marry ever after. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> Athena says, you have to take an ore from the ore that you've been in the sea of samsara, going through all these trials mm-hmm. and tribulations. You have to take an ore and go way far into land, and plant it where there's neither land nor see or some mysterious statement that i'm not remembering now but something like you have to plant this or where there's you know or other stories are that you 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 live right at where land and sea meet but other stories are that you have to go into the land where there's no ocean of samsara and uh. <clears throat> and i think that that land is the heart because the word heart spells earth oh you're right in, and you have the word ear in earth and here you have the word here in heart 
and ears wow. it spells earth and we have to listen with our heart to the spiritual teachings our mind is coming to the to spiritual teachings of the heart and we have to go to the true earth and so when when odysseus the live happy ever after has to plant the ore at this deep place in the earth it's in your heart that we plant our projection wow the ore incredible <laughs> robert i feel like we have to meet every week and do a podcast because there's so much i could talk to you for hours we might just have to make this like a regular thing or something yeah. well, the, <laughs> last, the last thought is that the bardo yes. of the book of the dead is that you tell you, you weave through the when you when the, when you die when one dies with the death of the body but then the second death that saint paul in the bible of the Christians, he talks about second death and death and all the Hermetics guys and the Masons and the spiritual ones, they understand in the ancient Neoplatonic and Plato and the mystery schools of Greece and Egypt and ancient uh, Africa and ancient India, there's a second death. And the second death is when we die to our desire and fear. And so we, first of all, we die in the body, but then the soul, mm. the reincarnating soul has to separate itself from and get wings, we have to separate, you know, um, our love and truth become the wings on our heart. And um, mm. if you separate from our desire and fear, our astral body, most of us just know it as an ass, that we were acting like an ass, <laughs> but it's an astral body donkey. And this goes back to the uh, Cupid and Psyche story. And it goes back <clears throat> to that Neoplatonic, the golden ass by Apollutius, of which, the story of Psyche and Eros is within that. But what happens is the guy, he, he in, that, in that story, basically we're eating of the animal nature. It's the prodigal son story. We've left the father's house of oneness and truth. And we voyaged into the far lands of matter, the soul, and taken on different forms all the time to learn every experience so we can learn to walk in every man and woman's moccasins like the Native American Indian would say, or the ancient Celt of Europe. And mm -hmm. we've partaken of the animal nature. And so we eat and go to the bathroom and we need a hug. And, <clears throat> and I think that there's some way to live in the world. We can be born at home and die at home. And we can have a sense of continuum of consciousness through our whole life and even through death even though there might be a little bit of a struggle <clears throat> when my reincarnating soul wants to separate itself from the animal. That's why some people are dying and they're fighting and all of a sudden they get real peaceful because their soul has, they haven't died yet, but their soul is separated from the instinctive animal part of my body that wants to stay alive. Where are you going? I go, yeah. no, I gotta go. I only borrowed you. You're going to return <laughs> to the elements of fire and yes. water. And so the whole initiation of fire, earth, air, and water, you know, I mean, so yeah, we, we need, it's, it's yeah. an endless story. And yes. it, the, the place well, to begin is stillness and digestion yeah. of experience. And we study these books mm. to essentialize. We study these books to get the juice out of it and the truth out of it. And we go to Darshan and spiritual teachings to get the truth. And then we go to see if it works. If it yeah. doesn't work, <clears throat> if it doesn't work, we have to go back to the teaching or the teacher. And it's my particular path to be born in America and to study everything. I mean, I, I would I hang out with Swami Sachinananda and <clears throat> I've hung, hung out in the past with a, a few of those hug guru women who just hug you and you feel- Did uh, you meet Alma, my guru? Have you I, met her, the I hugging saint? long time ago. But I met a few of them, and so I confuse them up okay. because I think they're, oh. the, they're these hug gurus, I call them. And yeah, and, yeah, I and, thought Amma was the only one that actually hugs people, but maybe there's other ones. It's her. I think Karuna. Just, I think Karuna <clears throat> does too. Yeah. I met her, but there's a Mother Mira. Is that her name? Yeah, I think she hugs people too. <clears throat> and <clears throat> excuse me, I'm talking too much. <clears throat> yeah, I, <laughs> I did. I did meet. Well, uh, I did meet your guru, and let's. I think I think twice. Um, okay, because she comes to Detroit a lot. She comes to Detroit in the fall. It was a long time ago. 
Mm. And I used to hang out. She with started. Her. She started coming to Detroit. She comes to the Detroit area like where she was coming. Started back in like 2000. I think the first visit to Detroit was maybe 2001. I was there. Okay, amazing. It was like at a. And I went back. Ann Arbor. I went to somebody's house after that, a wealthier person that she was at, and mm -hmm. <clears throat> hung out for a while, but. Um, again, it was really beautiful heart experience and devotional <clears throat> and you feel heart. one with the whole thing. And I, I, mm -hmm. but I've been, I also have hung out with the Dalai Lama and had, so I have those, I do have that love side that I apply to my kids and people I meet and my clients and whoever I meet, yeah. but I have the guard, biodynamic gardening side and I have, I play music and I'm in the music awards this year again as a finalist. For best song, best songwriter, you can go to Robert Thibodeau Mayflower Bookshop YouTube. Okay, we'll put you all your hear, links too. You can hear my songs. There will always be a war, death, and evil, and more. You know, I mean, and you know, and there's okay. a garden. There's a garden we all know we can take most any road, like Neil Young. You know, but I have other songs like Brian Adams or Dylan, or I have a lot of songs. Okay. You know? um, <clears throat> well, we'll definitely we'll put the link in in the the show notes so and, and mayflowerbookshop.com mayflowerbookshop.com a monthly newsletter on predictions and you can have hookups to my songs in my monthly newsletter i love your so, i love your monthly predictions too so we'll definitely we'll definitely share those i yeah, have to I actually wrap this slow. wrap this up and get to my program but um i would love to have you back on because i could talk to you for hours <laughs> yeah whatever you want whatever you want just try to catch me okay. and look, okay. do it you know i mean okay um, and I'll just continue where I'm at. We're, we all come together to have a spiritual experience. And then we part and we go back to wherever we came from and see if it worked. You know, and we try yeah. to, we're trying to bless the world to, to be blessed. Well, we'll digest, we'll digest everything you shared with us. Hopefully we can take some time to digest it. And you gave so many <clears throat> insights so for people. I'll leave to you really with a poem. With. Uh, okay. many, things I, many things I sought, I could not find. Many things I found. I could not bind many things I bound. I could not free. And many things I freed returned to me. Na Namaste, bless your heart. Beautiful. <laughs> your and heart. May, we, may we keep weaving into each other until the whole world's blessed by the wedding garment yes. of truth and love. Omani Padmihum. Oman the range. <laughs> and in good own cooking we need om to nourish cooking. our we nourish our souls with, cafe. with this om teaching cafe. yeah, Bless yeah. Your thank you <laughs> okay <laughs>